Hello everybody and welcome to the Support the Warning podcast. This is review number 284 with our review of 300 Rise of an Empire. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. If you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, this sequel slash prequel slash midquel <laughs> slash like trying to S- solve this remake, niche. I think. Um, <laughs> the newest 300 film uh, that is, you know, not being directed by Zack Snyder, but uh, produced by him. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that we were all really excited to see this movie. No. Oh, I couldn't wait. <laughs> I just, I had no... And that wasn't me being funny. That was me being serious. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I feel you. I mean, I, after, so many, after so much joking around for like 20 minutes previously, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all serial now. All right. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's serial. safe to assume that... Uh, I mean, I, well, first of all, I'm assuming that we all like in, genuinely enjoyed the first one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we we did, but now I'm questioning it. We'll get into that. Oh, okay. okay. So now, now you want to go back and re-look at the. Fr- yeah. The now I want to go back and see how it's aged. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, I I we 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 all agree that at the time we definitely enjoyed it. I was a huge fan of it. Um, I have it oh, on yeah. Blu-ray. It's one of the few Blu-rays that I own. Um, and uh, you know, I liked it a lot. When I heard they were making a sequel, it didn't necessarily make sense in my head why we need a sequel for this film uh, seemed like a pretty isolated story to me um but uh yeah here we are and yeah it is here that's that i can definitely say that much about it yeah we can all agree that no matter how you feel about this movie it's definitely there it was made yes <laughs> it happened and we all watched it and we gave it you know some of it's like 40 million dollars that it made this weekend or whatever it was <laughs> And cut. Okay, that's good. That's, that's review. <laughs> review finished. And must avoid. Okay. Yeah. Spoilers. M- much, oh, like, <laughs> much like this lawnmower that decided to start itself up just as we were getting ready to record here this afternoon, uh, which hopefully you guys can't hear. Um, this film, I, can't, I can't hear it. This film is a bunch of twirling blades that are incomprehensible and... Uh, yes. You wonder why that you have to sit through it <laughs> for multiple hours of time. <laughs> That's a good uh, good metaphor. <laughs> Anyways, what do you say, guys? And it was uh... in need of trimming. <laughs> <laughs> in need of trimming. Um, well, there were some there were some wands that got mowed in this movie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a euphemism for something? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what what do you say before we uh, uh, derail this any more than we we currently are? Because I've completely lost track of what the hell's going on. Let's go ahead and take a look at the trailer. Was that a review of the movie or the podcast? <laughs> it's, it's becoming very meta at this point. <laughs> I think that was Chris's review. <laughs> but let's go ahead and take a look at the trailer for 300 Rise of an Empire and then come back and let everybody know what we thought. given enough for your dream of a united Greece, Themistocles. A king. A husband. Avenge him. 
Alright, so that was the trailer for 300 Rise of an Empire. Um, yeah, so this is a strangely <laughs> compiled film. Uh, basically, Good luck explaining the plot. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm excited to hear. Yeah, this will be good. <laughs> we have the events of 300, which is, you know, Leonidas, you know, bringing a group of 300 people, trying to hold off the Persian Empire, basically attacking them um, in this place called the Hot Gates. And it's like, wow, how can these 300 guys, like, hold off, like, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of guys? And mm. uh, spoilers for the th- film 300, they can't. Um, they all end up dying. Uh, so this film takes place before, during, and after the events of the original 300. It starts with about an hour-long explanation of like some mm-hmm. fight that we don't technically really get to see and how that really pissed off this uh, Persian dude and now that led to the events of 300 and now that all the 300 people have died uh, maybe that will be the rallying cry that will get you know all of Greece to come together to help try to stop the Persians and uh, yeah a lot of slow-mo a lot of uh, CG blood and a lot of you know boat naval warfare happening in this film, <laughs> mm. and uh, if and, you and chose... other naval warfare, it was as <laughs> thrilling as Master and Commander. <laughs> was that a was that a diss? <laughs> yeah, that movie was badass, dude. That was more badass than this movie. Well, that 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 is that is neither here nor there. Um, mm, that's true. Yeah, thanks for that one, Stephen. Um, but. <laughs> Why don't you, Carson, start us off and uh, let us know if there was a single part of this film that worked for you in any way. Well, I will give you a C-plus for trying to explain the plot of this movie. <laughs> uh, that was uh, probably as good as it's going to get. Um, so C-plus is as good as it's going to get? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what, what kind of curve are you grading on? I think, uh, I mean... I mean if, better... if we're grading on the 300 curve, you should get like an A-plus. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, well, first I'll say that uh, I think um, I don't think Zack Snyder gets enough credit for the first 300. I think that uh, I think that movie, you know, was a first for many reasons. Uh, One, it really put him on the map. And two, I mean, he created a whole new style uh, for this type of genre. And, uh, you know, it was like. It was like the Wachowskis with Bullet Time or uh, James Wan with uh, the hyperkinetic saw, uh, you know, that that whole uh, style. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, the, he really created something that has been uh, thoroughly ripped off since. So uh, the fact that we're getting a sequel seven years after the fact is, um, you know, it, it shows up, it's late to the party, and now it feels just like a clone of 300 instead of a legitimate sequel. And the way that they chose to do uh, the sequel, uh, I don't know why they did, because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes along with the, the Pat Oswalt joke about, like, I don't really want to know where the things that I love come from. Because um, there's John a lot. Voight. Yeah, John Voight's <laughs> balls. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, you know, it's you can apply that to, to many other things, but I think definitely, you know, like Chris kind of mentioned, like 300, this acts as a prequel, a sidequel or whatever, and a <laughs> direct sequel to 300, and that really brings it down, and I think, and I don't know even if they did like a just a direct sequel, I still don't think it would have lived up to... Uh, to the first movie. Well, no, like, I, I'm not even convinced that the studio wasn't arguing over whether to do a prequel or a sequel, and at the end they were just like, F it, we'll just slam those bitches together and yeah, make no, one it, movie. Yeah, no, it's almost like they couldn't make up their mind, because I think I remember hearing, you know, back when they... Because right when the movie came out, like, it made a crap ton of money and immediately became, you know, like this pop culture phenomenon... And, uh, I mean, another first for this movie was that, like, it established the beginning of March as a tentpole release. Like, that that was a thing that it did. And uh, it, it also, you know, it gave us all those, like, quotable, like, memorable lines that we're still talking about now, I feel like, or, or can still remember, at least. <laughs> and, I, and I think that this movie doesn't really have any of that like and, and like you said yeah it's almost like they they thought well we want to have like a little bit of both because we want to figure out like you know like where xerxes came from and and what was going on here and like we want to we want to know like what they're going to do after the fact and it's just very very muddled and uh it's very boring too like not not so much not not as boring as something like pompeii but uh it was uh, it definitely dragged on like those those battle sequences all sort of blurred together after a while, and um, I feel like that the first three hundred had like a a fantasy comic book vibe to it, and uh, this one sort of like eschewed that and had just like the gritty. It's almost it it almost felt like three hundred was the or this was like a remake of 300 more than a an actual sequel or whatever maybe because he mentioned that there were 300 people like 80 times in this movie <laughs> yeah like it, I, I mean like and and that and it goes down to like the fact that like the the cast in this movie aside from Ava Green who I think is uh probably the best person in this movie and I think her character was definitely interesting like it, they could have no. they could have <laughs> I disagree <laughs> well they could have done I mean Come on, dude. Like, sh- she's the oh, most... Oh, yeah, they could have just made her hyper-sexualized. Oh, wait, no, that's exactly but what she's they the most inter- <laughs> she's the She's the most interesting in the fact that she's probably, like, the best actor in this movie. Like, she I, has... I, I would say I was most interested in her. That doesn't make her the most interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that, like, my point is that aside from her character, uh, 
she's kind of bringing like an energy to it like it's very low i mean she's not given anything really to work with but like aside from when compared to like the main guy in this movie like she's way better but uh, in terms of like the in terms of like the the you know the 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 warriors in the film like the like the main dude and all like the supporting characters like they don't have the the like gravitas that uh that g-butts had and and some of the actors in the in the first movie like they just don't have that presence yeah um and, and it comes off as you know amateur hour it feels like they got the extras from 300 to play the, yeah the like main they, cast they were like the dudes movie. in the back or something um and you know we get we get s- some of the characters from the first movie but like lena hetty really i mean she's basically a cameo she doesn't really do much and uh the one dude with the the one eye like he does he's also like just cameo it's almost as like oh hey remember these guys here they are again well i I don't know man i mean half the movie he has to act with one eye and half the movie he has to act with two eyes i mean he really is playing two roles you got to give him some <laughs> yeah, credit for that pretty difficult <laughs> yeah but i mean if you look back I heard on he's the, a method actor and he if kept you, one eye closed the whole time <laughs> <laughs> if you look back on the first movie though and you know you've got like gerard butler giving all those awesome speeches and you've got people like Fastbender saying that they're going to fight in the shade and killing that dude with the the whip and stuff I mean, there really is like it's night and day between the the original and and the sequel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and I think uh, I think I, I guess you know Ava Green's character could have been something a lot more. She's given like zero to do, but in a movie that's pretty lame all around, at least she comes out somewhat okay. But, uh, I mean, I was just trying to, like, grasp onto anything in this movie because... <laughs> yeah, well, she, she showed a few things to grasp onto. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but, um, yeah, like, I, I just think that, you know, I, I feel like I didn't hate the movie. I feel like I, I would have liked it more, or I would have rather have hated the movie because at least I would have felt emotion toward it. Like, I just felt like the... I had no reaction to it. Like, it's one of these other movies that's kind of like The Hobbit where there's so much effort and so much time and money being put into this uh, this product and it's yielding, like, zero results. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it's a waste of time. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> all right, well, Steven, what did you think of this? Yeah, so I'll one-up you and say I just plain hated this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I'm I'm very glad that uh, so I just moved to San Francisco uh, and there's this theater the Sundance Kabuki Theater nearby, which uh, lets you buy alcohol and good food and stuff and bring it into the theater. Right. And I'm very glad I had an arrogant bastard with me when I, <laughs> when I had to sit through this thing because I, for one thing, so my friend and I got in like five minutes late. So you mentioned like seeing boobs at the beginning and i missed that part <laughs> oh you missed that oh no the slow when I, motion when floppy in, boobs for no reason when i came in it was in like the middle of a description of a battle where <laughs> one guy whose name i don't remember kills another guy whose name i don't remember well that could have been any part of the movie and well, then Zerxes, well just so you know that 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 the, the part you missed was still part of that same description so <laughs> but <laughs> honestly like honestly like the first 20 minutes was voiceover like it was, recapping 
I, I mean, and I, I just came in and, like, I understand I was late, but the pacing, I had no idea what was going on for the first 20 minutes. Like, why am I listening to this story? Why do I, why do I care what's happening? Who's narrating this anyway? <laughs> yeah, I, I it know. was super dull. And I mean, it's just all, the whole movie is just so dull. It, it really feels like a, uh, like the cinematics of a video game when, like, <laughs> when you're about to get to take control of the character only you never do it's just like <laughs> like this lame bland fighting i mean the boat fighting like maybe maybe a boat fanatic will find their tactics interesting <laughs> yeah like, to me to me i couldn't even tell what was going on like oh they're fighting a big army wait oh they rammed into them was that clever? Like, nobody's done that before? Oh, I don't care. We're done now. Oh, it, are... it really didn't feel like they had any sort of... They have swords of... for some reason. They're on a boat and they have swords. Like, I, don't... I, I just don't... It really didn't feel like they had any kind of strategic tactics whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't get it. I mean, they tried They tried to have meaningful moments. Like, they wanted to have a quotable line uh, the way, you know, uh, the first movie had This is Sparta and we will fight them in the yeah. shadow or whatever he said yeah. tonight we dine in hell and all our that. arrows will, will blot out but the, the sun this yeah. when he tried to do it like the one he said i'd rather and i already finished the line along with him like like die on my feet than live on my knees like like that's how bland this movie is like you know exactly what line he's going to say before he says it like there's no there's nothing surprising or hoorah or energetic there's no one to root for um no it was when it tried to be emotional like like this guy dies and they try to do some lost in translation thing where you can't hear what he whispers to him (laughs) (laughs) you're talking about the the one character death that you can see coming from like yeah yeah. like from the second they show up on screen yeah Yeah. it's like well whenever he finally reveals later what he said and it's like like bullshit like nobody cares (laughs) yeah it's like wow i don't care at all yeah i mean not to mention, like, the huge, the flaws that almost make me want to go back and crap on the first movie. Like, I need to rewatch it. I mean, the way, the violence, like, the excess of it has not aged well at all. Like, I think, I think that style of, like, blood and slow-mo was cool when it came out because it was new. And now it just feels, like, like lingering and stupid. I mean, like, people's heads are getting cut off and blood flies everywhere, uh, fire it explodes we're in like ancient greece and things are exploding like a bomb like i don't <laughs> I, I don't understand how that's happening um the female like everything about this movie is so blatantly like like hoorah man hyper sexualized <laughs> violence you know like, the mo- the moment you see that it's a female villain you know like she's gonna have sex with someone you're gonna see her boobs mm. for sure like there's no way they're they're gonna show rape and like linger on it in like a violent kind of like manly way. I, it well, was really creepy. I think Chris will de- he'll defend the uh, strong female characters <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in these situations. Yeah, I, what's really terrible too is there. There's that one feminist test, right, of whether a movie passes, and it involves whether it has like multiple female characters. Yeah, yeah, who aren't related to just a man. The Bechdel test or whatever. Yeah, the Bechdel test. And this movie would pass that. And that's really (laughs) terrifying to me. I mean, I I was just... I was embarrassed. There were many times where I audibly... 
like I'm not one to talk during movies. I don't like those kind of people. Uh, <laughs> but I audibly would say like, "Oh, come on, are you kidding me?" <laughs> Drunk In, Steven heckling the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> heckling drinking a beer trying to make it through this movie it was it was not good chris how do you feel (laughs) well normally in a review of this sort this would be the point where i try to defend the movie against you guys but that's not that's not gonna happen okay good (laughs) um yeah this movie is not good like by the point in time that steven had walked into his theater i was like so this is what this is gonna be (laughs) Like, it was pretty clear from the, like, just, okay, so the 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 whole post-pre-mid thing that's going on, and I'm not talking about the Bible, like, like, <laughs> the, like when, when that, the, the way that's built in the story, I was almost convinced halfway through this film that it was going to end at the same exact point that 300 ends, and they were just leading into another movie oh, that, that they were going to make. Like, I was, stupid. I was really confused at, like, why... Like, I was like, is the, there's no way the movie's going to end here. Is the movie going to end here? And then it didn't end. I'm like, it could have ended there. <laughs> um, I think people, that would have been really dumb. But, like, like to, to, to key in on stuff that both you two have said, um, like, the, um, the original 300, like, what Zack Snyder was doing was translating, like, images from the graphic novel into film like he was trying to mimic the pages of the graphic novel in video and that is why it was amazing this film looks like they're trying to mimic the screen grabs from a video game like say rise on xbox one or something like that where like they're, they're they're trying to take uh like the Zack Snyder was doing things and like, you know, uh, Carson, you were talking about like the the camera tricks and everything they were doing. Like they were setting up scenarios painstakingly that they could film and do like all the speed ramping and like bouncing back and forth between two cameras that are zoomed in at different like lengths and editing that together and doing really incredible stuff. It is very, very clear in this film that there are huge segments of fight scenes that are completely CG, like just the the camera spinning around. Um, doing weird things, the movements of the character are clearly not human beings doing those movements, and it, and it goes, it, it basically becomes the burly brawl um, from, like, the crappy versions of the Matrix, and, like, you are like, okay, well, you took this thing that did visually striking things and used CG to enhance that, but it did a lot of cool in-camera um, things to show you something you'd never seen before, this is trying to copy that in the worst way, like, you didn't even bother setting up, like, I know Carson is the one that always complains about things not being practical, but, like, the source material they're copying from was practical in a time where CG was available to them. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not, like, a difference between something being made in the 80s and something being made now, and now they're like, well, we don't have to do puppets, so we're going to do real things. Like, this is somebody choosing for absolutely no reason than trying to one-up the source material to use CG fighting that doesn't need to be there. Like... uh, we saw from 300 how awesome you could do do tricks with just the camera and the way how many different cameras you're using and things like that so it's like i can't understand for the life of me why the choice was made to do some of this fake combat that they do that like takes it from being like a hyper stylized reality to being a video game that you're watching the cutscene for i mean the only explanation i could think of is that it's not Zack snyder and 
uh, I don't know. Like I, 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 cause I, like I, I was saying that's how, why I felt like the, the sequel felt completely different tonally. It didn't have that sort of comic book vibe. It yeah, felt, mo- it felt more realistic, like in terms of like anytime, you know, someone got stabbed with a sword or had their arm sliced off, the blood was more like realistic looking. They were trying to make it, you know, and, and I think that that sort of detracted that made it feel more like a video game and not like the source material yeah maybe though i also wonder if the source material it worked because it was new and we hadn't seen in any of it before. well also that like, too I mean. like, like case in point i mean the character of xerxes in the first movie i remember thinking you know he's like way too tall to be a person and he his voice is deep and in the first movie i found him genuinely unsettling like whoa like this is this yeah. is like hyper real like this is a comic book this is crazy and in this movie i was just like groaning like that's a dude in drag he's supposed to be scary like this is stupid why am i supposed to care about any of this like i, I don't know whatever shock there was in the type of violence and the type of uh like the style of the camera was completely gone for this movie and and what I'm wondering is if I watch the original now, if I would still have that feeling. I, I'm sure the original is better. Don't get me wrong, but I wonder how much would be lost if like I don't have that that thrill of discovery anymore, watching it again. But I I still think that like just the imagery and everything from that movie holds up. Like I I think that it was a very visually striking, you know, piece of work, and I think that. You know, like like Chris was saying, like they were translating the pages of the graphic novel to the screen, mm-hmm. and here it just didn't feel like that. It just felt like that they were making a big CGI movie. Um, it didn't really feel cohesive. Like it, like watching Three Hundred, you felt like okay, yes, the actors are real. They're clearly standing in front of green screens or whatever, but there was sort of that kind of like dreamy, hyper real nature, and it fit. Like it, it after a while you were watching it and it and it feels real you know like it it sort of becomes uh, you know has this becomes this realistic feeling and in the sequel it just feels like yeah we're just watching people on a sound stage uh, fight in front of a green screen mm-hmm. but but it's also like the the scale is completely different in the films too cuz like in the first one like you know we know it's called 300 we know there's 300 guys that are like part of the Spartan crew and they're going to go fight like hundreds of thousands of, of, of guys, right? Um, in that context, like, they're, like 300 is a very, very, very finite number. Like, you are like, okay, 300 is, you know, like, I, I can picture 300 people, we get to see them, and them fighting hundreds of thousands, like, the, the scale of, like, it's not just like, oh, they have five men for every one of ours, but we still have 10,000 men, so, you know, they just have, you know, that many more than we do like that that kind of scale doesn't translate as much like when you see you know 5,000 ships on the sea that seems intimidating but when they only ever attack with six ships at once that ceases to be like intimidating because it's really just them sitting on a hill like not really doing anything and you just knowing that oh well if we beat these guys then more will come later in 300 there are literally scenes where waves of guys you know almost equivalent to like like world war z status where it's just like men in a sea rolling over the hill running towards these 300 and only because they are like 
super skilled at battle and super strong can they even like hold these guys off and the fact that they only fight in these like perfect formations that allow them to protect everybody while attacking the enemy like that when you hear about spartan strategic combat that actually plays out in front of you in a way that you can like understand and comprehend about how like one soldier is protecting the soldier next to him while he's fighting over here and how like they're all working as one unit in this when you hear about their like this guy is like the most you know brilliant naval strategist that this chick has ever seen like how can they possibly defeat his circle yeah. like covered wagon attack force like it <laughs> yeah. it there's no you never really you never really see it come into play like you never really see why what makes him so good at what he does yeah yeah you just see him like and and even if i go oh that that's right like it makes sense that if you you know form with your sides to them making an easy target you, in the last second you, you pull away boats, they go down yeah like, <laughs> like extent that i understood it's like bumper cars <laughs> but even if you're like okay i'll 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 you know i'll give them that like this this you know being horizontal to the or being perpendicular to the attacking force allows you to quickly move out of the way and you can you can move to the side faster than they can like change direction in their ship like maybe okay that's fine but like i i i'm pretty sure boats that weigh that much no matter how many people below deck you have can't go from moving zero to top speed in like four strokes of your of your people (laughs) like i don't care if you are greek uh, you know, <laughs> soldiers or whatever. Like, you can't paddle your boat that fast. No. Right? I don't think so. No, it, it was totally unrealistic. <laughs> it, was, it was dumb. Not that, not that these movies should have realism, but, I mean, come on. No. The, the other thing, too, is, like, we've been, we've been talking about how it feels like it's just trying to be a remake of, of the original 300. Now, like, in the original 300... You know, not that I'm opposed to seeing, like, glistening male bodies running around all sweaty on screen, but, like, there was at least a context for that. Whether or not that was true to life, the way I understood from the film is that, like, literally they're just so badass they don't need to wear armor, and anything that they would wear would just, like, slow them down, so they're going to strip down to as little as possible and just carry a sword, a spear, and a shield, and that's all they need, like... I am yeah. totally fine with that. Like I bought into that, whether or not that's true. In this, no, sp- I think that's historically accurate. Oh, I think mm-hmm. they actually fought without uh, pants. Like they fought naked, and almost. I think they did glisten. I think people talk about that. Yes. <laughs> well, e- either way, like my my point is that like I'm I'm totally on board with that that 100 percent makes sense to me in the context of what they've taught me a Spartan is. But in teaching me that the Spartans were like that, what they have taught me is that the rest of Greece was not like that. So yeah. the fact that like all of these Greek soldiers who constantly tell everybody that they're not Spartans, that they're just, you know, like members of these different places in Greece, like, you know, we're trying to unify Greece and the Spartans won't fight with us. That's the whole entire freaking movie. And everybody's happy that Leonidas and the 300 died because that means maybe the rest of the Spartans who weren't in that fight because of whatever reason the oracles gave them not to fight, I forget, um, that maybe they'll rally behind them now that they're all dead. Like, why are all the regular Greek soldiers fighting almost naked? Like, there is no historical reason or even a context in this film that explains why they're not wearing their classic, like, linen dress skirt thing with, like, the (laughs) armor-plated chest and, like, the armor-plated shoulders. And, like, there's no context for them wanting to dress like Spartans. Like, maybe they thought that, like, well, if we take off all our clothes the way the Spartans did, we'll achieve the same result as them yeah dude it's like when <laughs> baseball teams put on the retro uniforms to you know but but they don't put on the retro uniforms of other teams <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's yeah. the point i'm trying to make um i mean honestly i couldn't even feel the distinction between 
the Spartans and the Greeks in this movie. No, I thought all. they they seemed completely the same. Oh, they, they seemed different the to me. Same. I mean, this, the Greeks were clearly terrible. Well, yeah, they were they weren't as uh, skilled of fighters. They also but, uh, constantly reminded us that we're just farmers. I don't know why they had yeah, that accent. Yeah, we're but... poets and sculptors. Mm. <laughs> Basically, the monuments men were trying to hold out the, the Persians. <laughs> that would have been a more interesting movie if, uh, like, Bill Murray and uh, you know some like just regular schmoes were trying to fight. Uh, a, We've a huge... got to save Plato's works before they're destroyed by exactly. Xerxes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, beyond that too, there's this one scene I just want to talk about real fast that was like, we always talk about things that, you know, seem to defy laws of physics. Like in every war movie ever, there's this point where like the good guys are down some hill from the enemy and the enemy comes up over a ridge and then somebody gets really scared and gives a speech and the enemy comes rolling down the ridge on their horses and come to assault the good guys, right? For some reason, there was this giant swell in the ocean that was like a thousand foot elevation climb of a wave that was just not moving at all, but that the boats, the enemy boats had to go up over the ridge and then ride this huge swell down. And when they got to the battle, there was no waves. Like it wasn't like this big wave went all the way to shore. It was just a mountain in the ocean of water for no reason at all that all the ships had to ride down to recreate every single battle scene from every other movie that doesn't take place on the ocean. Did you guys catch that? No, yes. I, I think I was just wanting to leave by then. <laughs> I, I caught it, but I, I think for me it was more generally they tried to make boat fighting feel like normal <laughs> They tried to make it badass. <laughs> yeah, they, no, they tried to make it feel like regular land fighting. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't make any sense to me at all. No, it was all. completely stupid. What, what it looked like is remember back in the old days of like playing Quake or whatever and you would hack the resource files so that you could like put like the you know one piece of one element into another piece of the game and like basically break the game but make it look silly and you can run around with like a giant eyeball head on your soldier dude um, oh to- totally yeah <laughs> half-life yeah we all did that yeah <laughs> dude steven i know you did something like that <laughs> yeah okay i did <laughs> uh well it feel it feels like they like okay well we have this cg sequence of this battle that goes on but unfortunately it, it's on land they're like well why don't you just like swap out the land for ocean and then just run the same simulation oh oh, and you know like these giant siege engines we'll just replace those with a boat and uh yeah can, can you run that for me oh nailed it okay let's just print that beautiful, send that beautiful can we make the ocean made out of legos southern yes. movie did that <laughs> now that would we're all about awesome. other movies lego 300 I, movie i I'd, well, I'd watch the shit out of that I think I have to, you know, I have to give my obligatory uh, statement on the uh, shaky cam in this movie. Um, it was uh, not appealing, and uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even notice it. I think it was the least well, of my concerns. Yeah. I think it goes it goes back to you know giving credit to Zack Snyder on the first movie, and that the way that that movie is shot is very fluid and uh, static, and um, in this movie they kind of replace that fluidity with just shaky cam and it looks like crap and it just it's weird because like they were trying to mimic the style of snyder and then it just just looked really terrible it was not up to par at all well yeah it's it's because they were doing too much full cg stuff like yeah yeah if you think of in at the end of sucker punch there's that train sequence right and it's like this stitched together one take of them fighting in this car right yeah, yeah and we saw the unfinished shot and from that all the act- actresses in the film in that scene 
were, were real, really yeah. there. The camera yeah. was dancing around them in a in a in a green screen car, and they were actually being thrown against stuff and falling and right. getting up and doing stuff as the camera moved. It was around just them. it was stitched together for when they added in all the CG. Yeah, yeah. To uh, mimic the one take, yeah. Yeah, and in this film, when they do that, it, it's like the going into the shot is real people running at each other, and then from the moment the fight starts. It's clearly CG. You can tell by like the way the body's like, uh, yeah. Like it just looks like it's like really weird animation. You're like, okay, that's clearly not a human being moving that way. But you well, watch it's like them. the yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, like you watch the way the camera dances around these fake people, and that's why you get that weird look because they're trying to recreate something without doing the process that was used to recreate it. They're just trying to do something that they see as being analogous with it, and. Yeah mimicking other things too and it just doesn't work out well i was just gonna say the i think the probably the perfect example of that is uh when the guy jumps off the cliff onto the boat and it like follows him down yeah like that that mm. just looked like a total video game move yeah it felt like the worst scenes of spider-man <laughs> yeah and, and like and like I ne- yeah it just didn't look good like I, I never saw quantum of solace but i always loved in the trailer that scene where they go through that they yeah, go through the, the, like the the glass on the top of the building or whatever. Yeah, and, they fall through like the construction thing. Yeah, and the camera goes over the edge, it goes over the falls with them, and kind of follows them down. And like, yeah. I I don't know how much of that was real and how much that was extra work or whatever, but like, it's clear that there is like, there there's something there. Like the fall is happening, and they're doing whatever they need to capture that. In this, he jumps off, and then he kind of freeze frames in that same position, and like. It's clear that, like, the guy himself is now paused, and, yeah. like, the camera is moving, and then it's picking up again and finishing the animation. Like, nobody jumps and holds that position in the air while no. falling and then changes their position, like, at the end. Of, like, it, it, there was just something really weird about it. It didn't – it just didn't jive right. Like, they were breaking some sort of, like, reality there, and it just something weird happened that wasn't – Yeah, I wasn't buying it. I mean, it, that and visually, this movie just looks – it looks that's why it feels like a clone of 300 instead of a a, a legitimate sequel is that it just they tried to do the same but then they also tried to i guess they they thought they were switching it up by having maybe like you know oh we're gonna have it all dark grays and blues instead of like swathy golden hues or whatever but uh it ended up just feeling like it was a a ripoff it like Honestly, Immortals felt more like a direct, like a legitimate 300 sequel than than this movie. It, it did. <laughs> yeah. Meet the Spartans was probably a better, Whoa. better sequel. <laughs> Whoa, that is a bold claim. Speaking but of yeah, trolling. I, yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's an trolling. IMDb message board comment. <laughs> Should yeah, I bring no. my five-year-old daughter to see 300? <laughs> the classic IMDb troll. Yeah, I think even she would hate it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she she might like the floppy boobs, you know, three D floppy boobs. And can we? So we we don't need to really talk about it, but I just have to point out there's a scene toward like the later middle of the movie, a uh, a confrontation between the guy and the female villain, mm. which turns into an like a violent sex scene 
while they're talking. Right. And to me, that was just the epitome of, like, excess and stupidity of this movie. That was the epitome of, like, male fantasy bonerism. No, exactly. Like, that had to be the only thing they were going for is let's try to get everyone in this audience turned on. Let's get all the fanboys excited. Now, now here's here's the question. This is the dream. Here's the question for you, Stephen. Was that the epitome of it, or was the epitome the payoff line that comes, like, 30 minutes later? Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the end. Oh, that was good. Yeah, when it's like, ugh. I mean, even the, even the mechanics of that scene, like, how did he go from zero to 60 in, like, two seconds Dude. while they're... It didn't... The whole time, soldier. like, after after that scene ended, I was like, the only thing I could think of was, like, a, did he finish? Like, I, I, yeah, I would I be know. worried... I think it, I think it was, was clear that that it, that he he bailed out partway through and was like, nope, this isn't gonna happen. That's a his balls were bluer than this movie. <laughs> yeah, and and just like the ships, that's how he went uh, from from zero to sixty yes, in two exactly, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> he has eighty little Greeks inside him just pumping with battles. <laughs> right, slaves cracking. <laughs> well, on the Greek up. side, I don't think they were slaves. It was just the Persians that had the slaves. Yeah, I think the Greeks actually had soldiers that yeah, were... Yeah, the Greeks, oh, okay. you were never even shown the people below deck. That's how, uh, how whatever they are. They're just, they're just super trained, super buff. Yeah, if you, yeah. Don't, if you don't, like, win your, your combat test during the year, you get placed in rowing duty. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't know... They're all the rejects. I, I don't know how the actors could even, like feel okay about themselves after doing a scene like that like i feel like i would go home in such like shape like if my wife asked me how the day was i'd be like uh, let's just not talk about it <laughs> <You're> like, well <laughs> i couldn't give the right face so they made me do this like, over turned, and over and over I had again to turn tricks in the studio to to get my paycheck <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah that was one of my more egregious audible like no, no, come on. <laughs> and then so next he was like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, all Hon- the 12-year-old boys were going crazy. In the right. Movie. No, I honestly feel like that they made this movie for 12-year-old boys and not regular adults. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you could argue the same thing about the first movie, but I felt like at least... like We were closer to 12 then. Yeah, no, well, like, I mean, <laughs> dude... I remember, like, 300 is, like, the only movie that my dad saw in theaters twice, like, more than once. And I, I feel like, you know, he'd probably just dismiss the sequel if he saw it. Um, so I feel like it like it had, like, at least uh, they were reaching for, like, a, a little bit broader of an audience in 300. Like, I felt like it, it, it appealed to the fanboys as well as people who weren't exactly, you know, into the, you know, in that area. And, and uh, yeah, I think it hit, like, it was able to hit, like, a lot of demos and this movie, I feel like it's just they're trying to just go for the fanboy base, and that's it. It, it, it just it, seemed, it yeah. seems like the just the epitome of like repressed male aggression. Yeah. Like, we're going to have a lot of blood, and they're going to be buff dudes, but the guy that's in drag, he's the bad guy. We're going to kill him. Oh, and the girl, she's super sexual and hot. Oh, they're going to have sex. Yeah, it's going to be really good, really good. <laughs> but then we ram them. We ram, ram, ram. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just like... Uh, even though the movie was rated R, I felt like it was really tame. Like I felt like it still was like a a really tame version of Game of Thrones or something. Yeah, <laughs> including giant seas of flame, In- including like Lena Headey and uh, the boobies. But uh, no, I was gonna say something about uh, Xerxes because like when you mentioned him again, Stephen, 
they you know you you mentioned that he you know he was very intimidating in the first movie and here he's just like kind of silly um and and i think that's true i think that the movie doesn't really know like who the actual villain is like i felt like in the in 300 you know the, the villain is xerxes and uh that's it and here it's like there's xerxes and we find out like how he became xerxes and then there's ava green and then like there's another like King Darius who died, and then there's you know, then they can't make up their mind who's the actual hero. Is it like wannabe G butts? Is it Lena Headey? Is it like the sculptor guy? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, I just felt like they they were juggling a lot more characters, and um, they really didn't know who to focus on. Yeah. So that that was not a uh, a plus. And and, 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 I, and 300 was just, you know, it was very streamlined, very simplified. You know, the heroes are the Spartans. There's 300 of them. And the villains are the Persians. And there's a shit ton of them. And the guy is a crazy god dude and with a bunch of piercings. And he's got, like, you know, an orgy tent with a goat man playing a flute. <laughs> uh, which I was very disappointed that the goat man did not make an appearance in this movie. They could have used some goat man playing the flute. Well, they, we they could only get Quasimodo back. Yeah, we got Hunchback Man back, but uh, none of the other like weird creatures or anything. And that's again, that's why I felt like the uh, it didn't feel like it had that fantasy element in this movie. It, it, it felt like they kind of stripped that away to be like, ah, oh, this is real, like boats really slamming into each other. <laughs> uh, it's like, no, dude, you're not Game of Thrones, and uh, yeah. You know, you know what else is kind of. I'm just stupid? gonna stop there, like how he stopped in the sex scene. Well, like you know, and I just realized too that um, you know, supposedly you know our 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 supposed hero is this genius strategist um, when it comes to uh, you know combat and stuff. And the way I see it, uh, combat? Did you say combat? Okay, <laughs> combat. Combat. Okay. combat. Okay, easy, combat. Carson. Okay. Um, but the way I see it is when you have, okay, so in the first film. You know, there was 300 guys versus hundreds of thousands of men, okay? Mm -hmm. So their strategy was to take them at the hot gates, which is an area where there's this very narrow passageway where they, you know, you know, you can take 100,000 guys and try to throw them at the hot gates, but the problem is that, you know, only a subset of those people can be actually technically fighting at any one time because there's literally not enough space. So... Mm -hmm. In this film, we have a small army of Greek soldiers. They're more than 300, but uh, compared to the enemy, they might as well be 300. Rather than take your 50 boats and travel out to sea to take on 5,000 boats, why wouldn't you just stay on the shore where you can only land, say, 20 boats at a time and then fight them on land? I don't, I don't even understand the idea of boat fighting, like I said before. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it, it would end it well seem for like either party. It's the right way to fight. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't. We need a, a, like a Greek historian to, to call in and, and tell us why that plan would not be sound. Yeah, yeah. We'll ask him about the horse riding on the boat and yeah, how that that's went possible. down. Also, we should ask them if uh, the Greeks did dress like that or did they just uh do it for the movie because they wanted to have more oh they oh, definitely shirt, shirtless them, men they definitely didn't dress explode like that. in the water if you throw a torch at them well, well it was covered in tar so does tar 
explode the the boat yeah. the boat didn't explode it was the turtle backpack with the explosives in it oh that's right oh, okay. yeah, yeah that's, that's right yeah. she shot the arrow on the it's basically remember in uh in the two towers when like they kept like trying to you know 9/11. fight off <laughs> trying to 9 11 is that what you said sorry the two, the two uh, towers uh lord of the rings yeah yeah uh, yeah not not remember me <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback that, that was a callback to a conversation you weren't privy to uh here i am trying to be serious and here you are derailing it's an inside joke that only the three of us <laughs> and i don't even pick up on it that's the best part uh, um anyways helms deep and then the guy's running and they're trying to explode the wall so that the soul you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I got, yeah. I got you. legolas was surfing down the stairs yeah <laughs> how can we forget yes. i think that's the description of every that's that's a description of all Hobbit of his movie. all of his scenes in the Hobbit is him surfing on stuff. Yeah, CG Legolas surfing on stuff. Yeah, that's pretty lame. I like a uh, practical Legolas better. Yeah, <laughs> I like practical Kate from Lots better too. For Elizabeth Town <laughs> Legolas, <laughs> Fiasco Legolas. I I like I like Fiasco Legolas too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, are we done with all our inside jokes? Okay. Wait. So, what was Chris gonna say? Or yeah, were well, you we, done? What? No, you were you were just saying that they do a similar thing in the Battle of Helm's Deep. In Helm's Deep, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that it's not completely unreasonable that a guy wearing some sort of like bomb type backpack could have yeah. it set off by a flaming arrow. Yeah. Sure. Although I don't think it would have been like because it was Green, like a mushroom cloud. Yeah, Ava Green totally <laughs> does like a she totally does like a cool cool people don't look at explosions. Yeah. She like turns around while it's like you know mushrooming behind her. Yes. <laughs> Boom. All right. Well. Well, I think we kind of petered out. Should yep. we, uh, much like our hero, <laughs> our our Roman soldiers are are getting tired. <laughs> all right. So Greeks, I guess they're Greek. I you know whatever they're all the same. Uh, that's, yeah, it's the same difference, right? Yeah, yeah same same thing, same thing you know. Romans have arches, Greeks have gods, but they're basically the same people. Yeah, they're, they're the both, same. They're both buff, glistening. You know, yeah. Same people. All yeah. right. Well, before we get too crazy here, let's go ahead and just get to um, the verdict, which I'm sure everybody, if you're still with us, can figure out where we're going to go with this. But Carson, must see, reckon with a caveat, wait for untold pass with a caveat, or must avoid? Uh, I can't really give it anything more than a must avoid. I think that uh, the first 300 was just like a totally badass like you came out feeling like a man and you know it's it's like when you wake up in the morning and you've got like the morning wood that can cut diamond and then this movie <laughs> oh boy this movie is just like a flaccid just dysfunctional <laughs> waste of time We're rising to the level of the it movie. was just a rise of the empire it was not um so yeah it just it really is not like i said a lot of effort being put into it yielding zero results yeah so sort of like eva green uh inviting what's his face onto her boat yeah <laughs> a lot, <laughs> lot of effort for not enough results yeah yeah no results out of that yeah unfortunately for him <laughs> unfortunately for both of them i'm sure I, yeah, I guess. Hey, we, I don't we don't know, know what he did on the boat ride back. I mean, really, yeah, I, I mean, it clearly, she <laughs> finished. is She is a woman who's so powerful and so genius at war strategy that she's not really willing to be taken by, a, you know, a normal, pure, just random one-off guy. So finally she had found one person that she was at match for and was willing to let herself be had by him. I mean, I, really, it's a touching story. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> she's just Re- not into Persian. Very romantic. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, she's not into the God King. M- must love <laughs> figs. I don't, I don't know what Greeks love. <laughs> must love Persians. I don't must know. love euros. <laughs> no, they do not love the euros. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna jump ahead and give it a give it a must avoid. This was a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a must avoid also. Um, <laughs> yeah, even even if if uh, you're really perverted and there's just two reasons why you want to see it, you can just wait for the animated GIF once it's out on DVD. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or watch or watch the Dreamers. You get a lot more Ava Green in that movie. I just realized you were in the saying, comfort of your home, own home. You were probably saying gyro, like the the food. <laughs> yes. I was thinking gyro, the currency, which <laughs> that's what I thought yeah. too. Greece has basically. Anyway. <laughs> I, I was talking. It, about it works the, on two levels. <laughs> I was talking about the food, but your, I was talking about your the response. Korea. Your response, I took as a as a joke, not a confusion. <laughs> no, it was confusion. I was with Stephen. I thought I thought you were talking about the the currency. I didn't even think about the food. Dude, we're we're American, okay? It's gyro. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Pronouncing it all I love correctly. that video game about the dragon gyro. Yeah, gyro's Spiral. good. <laughs> I think, I wasn't Frodo. He was the voice of gyro, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there actually one called gyro? Are we talking about Spyro? No, we're talking about Spyro. <laughs> See, this it's, is the Greek, Greek I, version of the, Spyro. The Greek dragon is uh, Gyro. Spyro was Spanish. Spyro, yeah. <laughs> he was a, it was a Cold War spy. I'm so lost at what's real and what's a joke now. I think, uh, I think Spyro is, uh, he's uh, Putin's favorite uh, dragon. <laughs> All right, anyways. Uh, so KGB dragon. I think we're done with this episode. Yeah, uh, I think we're good. Is Carson. Spyro one of the dragons in Game of Thrones? Because I think, uh, I don't think that's right. I, I don't think it's right. Did you just introduce a thing that you didn't even believe yourself? <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I think I saw that theory on IMDb message boards. That, and, were there uh, were there yeah. like sea monsters in this? By the way, what were those? Well, I think I think that was I think a it dream. was him like hallucinating okay. or something. Yeah. Okay. Because like I actually kind of got excited then. I was like, oh, some some monsters, and then like he woke up, and I was like, oh, I guess that was just supposed to be him having a nightmare. Hmm. Uh. I would have preferred if there were some sea monsters amidst the uh, the boat battles. Yeah. I think Ava Green was the only one that experienced a sea monster. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> yeah. She really got a taste of that, of his uh, gyro. <laughs> gyro thrust. <laughs> Let's just call it quits. <laughs> it's not even a joke anymore, Carson. Uh, all right. Where can I'm, people I'm, find I'm, you, Carson? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the edge and kill it. All right, Stephen, we're gonna jump off like <laughs> jump off like the guy who jumped if off the cliff onto the me, boat. Go to Twitter, S. David Miller, other things, S. David Miller. Yeah, we're good. Just I don't go, need to say mine because David it's, Miller. Yeah, I, you know I have one. It's not existent, so whatever. <laughs> All right, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com/slash/ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over the spoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning to figure out when these episodes go live. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. 
music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to 300 Rise of an Empire. And hopefully you're enjoying that more than we enjoyed the movie. And, uh, yeah. So you guys remember you guys remember the uh, the first trailer for 300 the the first movie like I, I think uh, they used that uh, nine inch nails song like that's definitely an example I know we've talked about like you hear songs that are in trailers or movies and like after that you only think of that movie like mm-hmm. uh, in Walter Mitty like the Monsters of Men song I yeah. only think of Walter Mitty trailer <clears throat> or uh, Arcade Fire and Where the Wild Things Are uh, I think that. That song, that Nine Inch Nails song, was used so perfectly in that trailer. It just, I don't know, it just, it just became one of those things where it just became instantly recognizable, or synonymous, synonymous with uh, slow mo epic fighting. Spartans. I think Nine Inch Nails was always kind of synonymous with that, though. Well, but they they the, do. If you think yeah, back to like all like awesome trailers, like even Watchmen, Watchmen used Nine Inch Nails song, didn't it? Uh, no, they use that, uh, it's a Smashing Pumpkins song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Three Doors Down is yeah. synonymous with army recruitment videos. <laughs> <laughs> Tool is synonymous with, uh, with uh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Underworld, any of those movies, I guess. Well, there was Fallen also the... synonymous with, uh, Sleeping with Zoe Deschanel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but there there was, though, they, the, the Nine Inch Nails song that was used in the uh, Terminator Salvation trailer, which, like, made for that like, was, that one was of my good favorite too. trailers of all time. That, um, yeah. Connected to one of my least favorite movies of all time. Talk about creating a badass trailer, and then the movie was, like, wow, opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that trailer. That was actually pretty good. At least this movie didn't have an awesome trailer that confused us. No, it didn't, yeah. No. (laughs) All right, well, uh, guys, what do you say we take off then? All right. All right, well, thank you guys all for listening, and uh, thank you guys for joining me. Yep. And we will see you next week. (laughs) This is Sparta. (laughs) Sparta. Sparta. Sparta.